0: We're located in the market media building it's located at 203 east college avenue sweet c in divine texas plus if you need to get any other information from the church you can do all of this at our church website at calvarydivine.org that's calvarydivine.org here's today's teaching go ahead and read uh, god's word will be in mark chapter 8 verses 22 through 26 and it says they came to bethesda and some people brought to him a blind man and begged him to touch him To his home, saying, "Do not even enter the village." Let's pray, Father God. We thank you so much for uh, today's scripture. We pray uh, as we come before you, Lord. Uh, I, I'm sure each of us have had very busy uh, holidays. I pray that we can kind of quiet the noise in our minds and our hearts, and uh, and just be able to be uh, with you in your presence and and ready to hear your word, Lord. I pray that uh, that you would open any spiritual blindness or, or, or deafness that we may have today uh, as we come before your word and, and just be able to hear it, to apply it and live it out Lord we just pray I pray for those that are sick that are at home uh, we ask Lord that you would just continue to heal them and, and, um, and, and get them better uh, we thank you so much for all that you're doing not only in, uh, in divine but in this church and, and thank you for all Uh, These wonderful people that got up this morning to be here and uh, and help out and and just uh, be in your presence, Lord Uh, We humbly come before you and we just ask Lord to uh, to receive your word and we ask these things in Jesus name Amen All right, so I I entitled this blurred spiritual vision Blurred spiritual vision and we'll kind of talk about that a little bit more And we're going to look at it in three parts uh and in, in verses 22 through 23, the first touch. And verses 24 and 25, the second touch. And then finally in verse 26, further instructions from Jesus is what happened. So last week, remember, we saw the feeding of the 4,000 uh, to the Gentiles, primarily Gentile community. And, and then they cross over and they just reach the... Um, the shore and they're tempted by the the pharisees and the sadducees now remember we told you those two people or two parties don't get along at all but they got along enough to come against jesus and and then jesus tells the disciples you know y'all need to be beware of the leaven and what he was talking about the hypocrites that both the pharisees and the sadducees were and and so he as he's telling them this they were focused on what the bread just the bread right they left seven hampers of bread behind them hampers baskets big ones and they had one loaf for all of them and they're worried about eating so they were worried about their physical not the spiritual and so the reason why i'm reading that to you or talking about that is that's going to tie into today's study and the other thing that's going to tie into this today's study is remember back in Mark chapter 7 uh, when the, the man that was deaf and, and couldn't speak was healed? It's, there's a lot of similarities to what we're going to read about today. So in Mark chapter 7, verse 32, it says, And they brought to him a man who was deaf and had a speech impediment, and they begged him to lay his hand on him. And taking him aside from the crowd privately, he put his fingers into his ears, and after spinning, touched his tongue. So we're going to see a lot of similarities to this verse today as Jesus is going to take this man aside and at the same time is, is going to spit. Right. And so we're going to talk about that because a, a, a lot of people, you know, if, I, if you have blindness and somebody asks you, I can heal you, but I need to spit on you. How many of you would be like, "Ah, oh, man. Right. But they could, you could be healed. And see, this is kind of what we need to look at as we, as we dive into this, right? Uh, so the first touch in verse 22, it says, And they came to Bethesda, and, and some of the people brought to him a blind man and begged him to touch him. So this area is actually where uh, Peter, Andrew, and Philip were from. You go back to John chapter 1, verse 43 and 44, it says the next day, uh jesus decided to go to galilee found the people and said to him follow me now philip was from bethesda the city of andrew and peter so some of the disciples are from this area and one of the things that you're going to figure out as we talk about this city if you remember back in mark chapter uh eight as we get into this verse uh we went over this before as we talked about the um in Matthew 11, we actually went over this verse a while uh, a few chapters back, but it was in Matthew 11, verse 20. It says, "Then they began to denounce the cities where most of the mighty works have been done, because they did not repent. Woe to you, Caudazene! Woe to you, Bethesda! For if the mighty works done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, then you would have repented long ago in the sackcloth and ashes." Uh, But I tell you, it would be more bearable on the day of judgment for Tyre and Sidon than for you. And you, Capernaum, uh, will you be exalted to heaven? You will be brought down to Hades, for if the mighty works done, if you had been done in Sodom, uh, Sodom, it would have remained until this day. But I tell you that it will be more tolerable on the day of judgment, the land of Sodom. So one of the things that we see is that Jesus is going to lead the blind man out of the village. So why is he leading them out of the village? Well, you just see that he just he just condemned this city, right? And Bethesda, he just, he's like they're they're done. The the reason why though, is because they had healed the they had uh, fed the five thousand, they had healed, cast out uh, unclean spirits, did all kinds of miracles, and they did not believe. They didn't believe, and so that's one of the reasons why we believe that he pulls him out of the village, and he takes him by hand. And so it says, and when he had a spit on his eyes and laid his hands on him, he asked him, do you see anything? Now, spiritual blindness, we need to talk about blindness overall, um, and, and it's, it's a reminder to us, too, that, that people do struggle uh, sometimes with things that are happening in our lives, uh remember john was in prison and and john was struggling like hey was he the one was was that the one and he actually sends his disciples to go tell uh jesus and ask the question in luke chapter 7 verses 18 through 23 it says the disciples of john reported all these things to him and john calling to uh two of his disciples to him sent to uh sent them to the lord saying are you the one who is to come or shall we look for another? So you can see John is struggling in prison. And and when the man had come to him, they said, uh, John the Baptist has sent to us saying, are you the one who is to come or shall we look for another? This is very important. Now, why am I going over the scripture as we talk about this blind man? There are some very important prophecies that go to this scripture. And the only person that could heal a blind man was Jesus. And and let's look at, at the rest of this in Luke chapter 7. In verse 21, it says, In the hour he healed, and this is very important. So in front of John's disciples, in the hour he healed many people of diseases, plagues, and evil spirits, and on many who were blind he bestowed sight. He answered them, go tell Go and tell John what you have seen and heard, The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, leopards are cleansed, and the death hear. The dead are raised up, the poor have good news preached to them, and blessed is the one who is not offended by them. Now, this is very important to John because John is what? John's a PK kid. He's a pastor's kid. His father was a high priest. Right? So he knows Scripture. And so when Jesus refers to Isaiah 35, verses 5 and 6, Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then, the, uh, then shall the lame leap like a, a deer, and the tongue of the mute sing for joy, for waters break forth in the wilderness, and the streams in the desert. And he's saying, look, everything that, that I'm supposed to do is being done, including the blind receiving sight we can also look at Psalm 146.8. In one, Psalm six eight, the Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are, are, who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The word Lord there is the one true God. The one true God, the Messiah. This is a revelation in Scripture to say that the only one that can heal the blindness is the one true God, Jesus Christ. It's the Lord Almighty that opens the eyes of the blind. And there's a revelation of Jesus' deity that He is the Christ. And it's important to understand this because the disciples ask the question when they're dealing with sin and, and blindness. They ask the question in John chapter 9. Uh, whose sin is this? The parents or His? Remember? Because that's what they were taught by the religious leaders. They were taught that the reason you're blind is because you've sinned or your parents have sinned. And that wasn't true because we see in John chapter 9, verse 2, and his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus answered, it was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me While it was day, night is coming when no one can work. As as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. So what we see is, as we look at these verses, and very important too is, remember in Isaiah, when we read Isaiah 35, it's not just talking about physical blindness. It's talking about spiritual. It's talking about spiritual blindness and deafness. Your ears are closed, your hearts are closed to the Word of God. You don't want to listen to it. And it's also talking about the physical as well. And so as we look at this verse now, when he, when he spit on his hands, he laid his hands on him, and he asked him, do you see anything? One of the things that's so beautiful in this verse is, is we need to remember that, he, that Jesus takes him by the hand and leads him out of the village now for someone who's blind I had my granddaughter do this last night because I read the story to her last night and she goes well why is he blind and I was like baby we don't know if he was born that way or if it was an accident that happened because we do know that he had sight and she goes well why did Jesus lead him out I said because he can't see I said close your eyes and try to walk to the bed and I said and she's trying and she's trying not to hit anything I said now give me your hand let me guide you i said see how important touch is and she uh, she was we were talking i was like can you imagine not being able to see what's your favorite color purple with sprinkles she tells me <laughs> and i was like okay and and so but i was like imagine not being able to see that color again and that's why jesus jesus is healing people still today and and so there's a beauty in that verse when he says he he takes them by the hand and leads him out touches everything and so here we see spit again spit being a saliva they thought it was a healing property back then right and and so um we we see that similarity again in mark chapter 7 remember he's spitting spitting and touched his tongue right and and so the spitting is a uh uh just uh, to, to somebody who has sightless eyes is a a way for them, or an act, to to assure them that they're, he was going to deal with his eyes, accompanied by the touch, the touch of his hands, and so uh, Jesus wants uh, wants them to know that, uh, you know, for for even for us that 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 he still wants to heal today. In this story that we see that the Messiah is still doing this work today. And, and we have to remember that there are people that are still struggling with, with biblical blindness today, right? People struggle with that. They're blind to, to God's word. And, and, and what's sad is a lot of times what you'll hear is you'll hear people where they're, well, why is Jesus healing this way, right? Why didn't he just touch him? Why didn't he just say it? Why didn't he just think it? See, this this healing comes in two stages. There's the first touch and the second touch. And it has to deal with the man's faith. And so it's very important as we look at these scriptures, we remember that Jesus heals in different ways. You cannot put God in a box. We we do that all the time. We do. Look at it in this way. Jesus raised three people from the dead, and each one he did differently, right? Right? He raised Jairus's daughter. In Mark chapter 5, verse 41, Taken, taking her by the hand, he said to her, Talitha kumi, which means little girl, I say to you, rise. So he grabs her by the hand. And, and then Nan, the, the widow's son, he touched the coffin, the stretcher, which is a funny word for buyer. You know what the word buyer is in the Greek for coffin? Soros. I'll, le- I'll leave that there. Luke chapter 7, verse 14 says, Then he came up and touched the buyer, right? And the, I, I read that this week and I was like, No. The buyer, and the, bear, the bearer stood still and he said, Young man, I say to you, rise. So he touches the coffin, right? And then we know in Lazarus, Lazarus, he just calls out to Lazarus in John chapter 11, verse 43, when he said, uh, When he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. Now, why did he say, Lazarus, come out? Because if he said, come out, all of the people would have came out. So he specifically said, Lazarus. But you see, three different healings done three different ways. He raised these people from the dead, and he did them all differently. Same thing with the leopards. He touched one. We learned about that in Mark chapter 1, verse 41. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I will be clean. But with the ten, he just spoke it. So in Luke chapter 17, verse 14, when we... Uh, when he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. So we see that in Scripture, people are healed in different ways. And that's a reminder to us too today is that that God still heals and he does it in different ways. The other thing that's very important about this is that it's done in two stages. God doesn't always heal instantly. Okay? That's hard for some people to, to wrap their heads around. Right, and, and so one of the things that's very beautiful, about, again, about these verses is the religious people were pushing these people away. They were considered unclean. Uh, so if somebody was, uh, couldn't speak, was deaf, or was blind, they were unclean to the religious leaders at the time. They weren't even allowed in the synagogue or in the church. And yet Jesus moves towards each of them and then touches them in some way. Whether it's through thought, whether it's through speaking, whether it's through touch. That's the compassion that he has. And so we need to remember that it's it's going to be done in in his way. And that's why he says in that question, do you see anything? It's the same question that he asked in John chapter 5, verses 6 and 9. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew he had already been there a long time, he said to him, do you want to be healed? The sick man answered, Sir, I have no one to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up while I am going another steps down before him. And so we had this man that was 38, 38 years. He could not. He was paralytic. could not move. And when the, when the waters would stir up and the angel of the Lord come, they would be able to heal those. And he couldn't get to the water. And he's saying, Jesus is asking him very simply, Do you want to be healed? And it's the same thing he's asking in this question, Do you see anything? As believers, that's one of the things that I struggle with is, is trying to get people are, They're not seeing the things that God is trying to do in their lives. They don't think that God can heal a marriage. Right? It's a heart issue. Right? At the end of the day, we don't think that God can still heal people, people of addictions. Well, how come it didn't happen instantly? You prayed for me. Doesn't have anything to do with that. You went right back to the meth lab the, night, you know, the next night. You went right back to the dealer the next day. You know, it's, a, it's a heart issue. And you know, we have a lot of people that have spiritual blindness. But as, as a church and as, as believers, one of the things that I'll tell you, I'm already healed even though I have an autoimmune disease and I have porphyria. I'm healed Now healed on this side of the earth or healed in heaven doesn't matter it doesn't matter it's very important for y'all to to grasp the concept that god still heals people today i don't know what it is it's like we want to see it in a in a specific way or done in in an instant way and it's like we need to remember that god is still healing people today and so he asked that question do you see anything Very important question because we're going to find out as we look at the second touch in verse 24. uh, We find out that this man wasn't always blind. Because he says, and he looked up and said, I see people, but they look like trees walking. So one of the things that we see, we find out is that he knows what trees look like. So he's either been one, had an illness or an accident that's caused his blindness. But he's seen at some point. And so we also know that, that, that he's not seeing clearly. He's, he's got blurred vision, so to say. He, he's not seeing, uh, seeing clearly. And that's the faith of this man that's hindering him from the healing. And that's the thing that we need to remember is that Jesus could have healed him immediately, but Jesus is trying to show him and us something in the Scripture. It, it, this is what the problem with unbelief is and lack of faith, lack of faith and unbelief. I, I've actually seen, seen somebody get healed before, not in no weird way or anything. Somebody prayed over somebody, and, and I mean, it's, it's amazing when it happens. And I, I went back because I was skeptical. I went back and asked two weeks later, hey, man, are you still all right? How's your, how's your arm doing? How's your back doing? Man, it's like brand new. And I've seen somebody try to pray on somebody that was trying to be healed for bad legs or something. And they ask him and they're like, I don't know. And I don't know. And let's pray again. But it's that doubt that that's there. And, and we know that we learned about that back in Mark chapter six, verses five and six. And he he could not do mighty work there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. He went about them among the villages teaching. So Jesus had to stop the healing because of their unbelief and just focus on the teaching. That's what lack of faith does. And God wants to do so much more today in in our communities and in the lives of our families. But what we struggle with is we struggle with lack of faith. We struggle with uh, blurred spiritual vision. That's what, that's what happens, is you don't see things clearly. You're struggling with that. In Mark chapter 8, verse uh, 17 and 18, and then we're going to tie in the, the scripture that we had last week. So this is very important. In Mark chapter 8, verse 17, it says, And Jesus, is aware of this, said to them, Why are you discussing the fact that you have no bread? Do you not yet perceive or understand? Are your hearts hardened? having eyes do you not see and having ears do you not hear do you not remember see he's, he's going to the disciples and saying you are spiritually blind I am telling you to beware of the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the leaven and the hypocrites the evil that's around here but you're focused on bread and that's what happens to us sometimes we get focused on the things of the world and not on the things that we're supposed to be focused on. The spiritual things. Here's a great story in, in, of Naaman in 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 9. It says, So Naaman came with his horses and chariots and stood. Remember, Naaman has uh, leprosy. Naaman came with his horses and chariots and stood at the door of Elijah's house. And Elijah sent a messenger to him saying, Go and wash in the Jordan seven times and your flesh will be restored and you shall be clean.'" But Naaman was angry and went away, saying, "Behold, I thought that he would come; uh, he would surely come out uh, to me and stand and call upon the name of the Lord, his, name, his God, and wave his hand over the place and the cure of the and cure the leper. Are not Abana and Pharpar the the rivers of Damascus better than all the waters of Israel? Israel, could not could I not have washed in them and been clean? So he went. So he turned and went away in rage." This is lack of faith. This is a hard heart. This is, this is pride. He wants God to heal him in this very specific way. Come out and greet, your, greet me, right? And then not only greet me, pray over me. Wave your hand over me, right? He has a specific way that he wants to be healed. And it's, it's a very prideful heart. And, and that's, that's what happens is we, we, can, we can get blind as well. And, and, and it's, remember that it's an absolute surrender to God when you give your life over to Him. Right? It's, it's that superficial saint that is blinded and doesn't see clearly because he has a foot in the world and a foot in the church. We see this a lot today. A lot of people have a foot in the world and a foot in the church. They play Christian on Sunday, and then the next six days of the week, they're just their regular selves. They go back to their old self. And so we need to be very careful with that. That's why he asked the question, do you see clearly? Because you don't. And see, God wants to use uh, use us and to, to stop being deaf and blind spiritually because he he has work for us to do. And this is a great illustration, too, and Naaman, because what we see happen next is how his hard heart can be softened. In verse 13 of, uh, of, of 2 Kings 5, it says, But his servants came to near him and said to him, My father, it is a great word of the prophet has spoken to you. Will you not do it? He has actually said to you, Wash and be cleaned. Now, remember, there was a group of people that brought this blind man to Jesus. It was they that brought the death and mute man to Jesus. And it's the servants that are trying to help Naaman. This is why it's important to have Christian friends, to have people that are godly in your life. Because when you're struggling through something, who are they going to take you to? God. They're going to take you to Jesus. That's what you need. It's so important you see this because look what happens with Naaman in verse 14. So he went down and dipped himself seven times in the Jordan according to the word of the man of God. And his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child and he was clean. He was clean. He actually did what was told to him to do. And he was healed. It's a reminder to us in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, it says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. It's, it's faith. We step out in faith. If God is going to heal you. You step out in faith that it's going to happen. You've got to trust that it's either going to happen in this world or the next. You know, Lord knows we prayed, and I, I, I've been in a place of doubt before. I had a friend of mine that had pancreatic cancer. And we're praying for healing as things are not looking good. Everything's kind of shutting down. And I can remember that unbelief I had on my heart at the time. And somebody reminded me because I was like, you know, Lord, help my unbelief. And they reminded me, you know what? They won't deal with this in the next life. They will be healed. He passed away that night. And was born into heaven that night. And it's a reminder to us, you know, the ailments the and things that we go through. But not just healing. I mean, healing of marriages. Healing of a prodigal son or a prodigal daughter that's gone astray. God can return them. You know, we have to continue to keep praying for that. It's because of faith. In Mark chapter 2, verses 3 and 5, it says, And they, uh, they came, bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. And when... They, they uh, could not get near him because of the crowd. They removed the roof above him. And when they had uh, made an opening, they let down the bed on the paralytic lay. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. The apostle Paul, same thing uh, as he saw the faith of one. In Acts chapter 14, verse 9, the, this man heard Paul speaking, Paul observing him intently and seeing that he had faith to be healed. We ask by His will, according to His will, in First John chapter five, verse 14, and this is the confidence that we have towards Him. If we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. Our hearts align with God's hearts, and it's going to happen, but it's not going to be instant all the time. right? I know people that, have, that came to no faith in their alcohol gone, the moment they gave their life to Christ. And I know people that still struggle with that. They'll do good for six, seven years, and boom, they fall off the, the horse for a little bit. And they have to get back up and try it again. And they keep asking, you know, Lord, I keep praying for this to go away. But let me ask you something. One of the things I always say, and, and we're going to look at it as we move further, is, is, is faith is one of those things our hearts have to align with His. It's His will. In Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1-3, through 3, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it the people of old received their commendation. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of the things that are visible. An easy way for us to remember what, how faith operates, and this is from Warren Worsby, it's a beautiful description of it. Faith operates quite simply. God speaks. And we hear His Word. We trust His Word and act on it no matter what. That's where people struggle. We act on it no matter what. The circumstances are, the consequences may be. The circumstances may be impossible and the consequences frightening and unknown. But we obey God's Word just the same and we believe in Him to do what is right and what is best. And so, as we see, then Jesus laid hands on him. This is the second touch. Uh, uh, hands, uh, hands on his eyes again. He opened his eyes and his sight was restored. And he saw everything clearly. There's something that's very important. I don't know if any of y'all have the New King James Bible with you. If you have that, there's a, a really great description in the New King James and, and Mark chapter 8, verse 25. It says Then he put his hands on his eyes again and made him look up. Made him look up and he restored and saw everyone clearly. This is an illustration of God's heart. It's a beautiful illustration of God's heart because not only did he touch him and lead him out of the city by hand, but you can imagine when this guy goes, Man, all I see is trees, people that look like trees. And they're blurred. I got blurred vision still. You can imagine his head going back down. In defeat, because we do the same thing when something doesn't happen the way we think it does sometimes. And what does Jesus do? Jesus lifts his head up and has him look up. It's very important. It's a a beautiful illustration of God's heart. In James chapter 1, verse 16, it says, Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good gift, every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation of shadow due to change and then Colossians chapter 3 verses 1 and 2 if then you have been raised with Christ seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God set your mind on the things that are above not on the things that are on earth he makes us look up it's it's important for us too as as we are 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 we can be carnal as well because we're, what we want to do as Christians is we want to invite God into our world. That's not how it works. Like we go, God, I want you to be a part of my world. No, you're supposed to follow him. You're supposed to die to yourself daily and pick up your cross and follow him. That's, that's carnal. And, and so one of the things that we should be doing every morning is looking up seeking what the call is for our life lord what do you have planned for me today what do you want to do with me today right you you need to ask that as christians that's one of the things that we see is there's just this this you know this struggle that happens and 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 that's the question i you got to ask am i looking up every day like lord what do you what do you want to do with me today or, Lord, I'm struggling through this today. You know, you go into Him. And the last verse we have here is the further instructions. It says, And He sent Him uh, to His home, saying, Do not enter the village. So He tells Him He can't go back, back into Bethesda. But tells Him to what? Go home. Go home. This is something that, you know, again, why does he tell them to leave Bethesda? Because Bethesda rejected him. that's what we looked at in Matthew chapter 11, verse 21 and 22. I won't read that again, but it talks about the repentance that they didn't have. They fed the 5,000, right? And they still rejected him. And so what we see, though, is is something for us is is as they rejected the Lord, they rejected him because of unbelief. The light had been given to them, but they refused to receive it. They refused to receive it. And we know that, I'll I'll let you read this in your own time in Romans chapter 18, verse 32, but it talks about that in those verses. Because there are people that will refuse to follow the Lord today, even though they know, you know, it, it tells us in 18, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of man who by... Their unrighteousness suppress the truth, for what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power, his divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world and the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. They're without excuse. And God eventually gives them up to their own debased minds. And he tells them, Don't enter the village. And this is the same thing for us, too. Don't regress. Don't go back. Don't go to the things you used to do. Go home. Right? Because apparently whatever was at home was better than what was in the village. And that's a problem with a lot of believers is they go back to their old ways. In Proverbs chapter six, uh, 26 through uh, verse 11, it says, Like a dog that returns to his vomit is a fool who repeats his folly. Right? That's what happens when you got one foot in the church and one foot in the world. You got blurred vision and you start returning back to your vomit. Next thing you know, you got two feet in the world. Because you go right back to your sin again. Remember what, what happened to the disciples in, in Luke chapter 5, verse 11? Uh, as he's telling him, I'm going to make you fishers of men he tells them and when they had brought their boats to land they left everything and followed him so when you give your life to Christ you are to leave it all and follow him that means letting go of the things of this world and follow him because partial obedience is disobedience And the most miserable Christian are those who have, uh, that live with both feet in the world. Because let me tell you, people will do it. They'll have one foot in the church, and then they have one foot out of the church, and the next thing you know, they start going back to their sin, they go back to the vomit, and they have both feet in the world again. And they're miserable. And they can't figure out why they're miserable, but you know why they're miserable. You're like, man, you try to minister to them, and they're like, shh, man, you know, and it's, it's hard. I'm sure a lot of us had family members or people that we had around us this, this Thanksgiving where we're like, we're trying to minister to them. But their hearts are hard. They're spiritually deaf. They're spiritually blind. That's why you have to pray that God would open that. That God would bring sight to their heart. That God would remove the enemy from their ears so they could hear from the Lord. Because God can do that still. Remember, our, our answer is it goes back to the Syro- Syrophoenician woman, the Gentile woman. What did she say? Yes, Lord. That's what we need to be. Yes, Lord. Right? In Psalm 16, too, it says, I said to the Lord, You are my Lord. I have no good apart from You. And then finally, in Psalm 73, verse 25, Whom, whom have I in heaven but You? And there is nothing on earth that I desire besides You. So, quick question if 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 somebody comes up to you and says I can heal you but I need to spit on you like if I had something that that I was so desperate for healing in I I mean can you imagine this this blind man you can imagine why he struggled with faith why he took the second touch, right? So it's, it's easy for us, again, a remi- reminder, just to re- remember that this man is human just like we are. You can understand why he goes, well, I don't know, you know, I, I, I see blurred vision. Are you going to spit on me again, bro? You know, but it's like at the end of the day, we need to remember that, that God can still heal You know, so many different things in our lives, but you have to believe. We walk by faith, not by sight. So many Christians are trying to walk by sight right now. And they're spiritually blind. They got blurred vision. They don't see properly. So what's our application? We'll end up here real quick. It says, um, first one, do you have your head down today? And is the Lord trying to pick it up and get you to look up? Sometimes, man, we can beat ourselves up. we got things going on in our life, and it's so easy for us to get our head down. And let me tell you, Jesus is such a, is such a beautiful picture of Jesus making him look up. And we need to keep our eyes on things that, that uh, are eternal because we can get blinded by this world, right? Psalm 73, verse 25 says, Who am I? Whom have I in heaven but you, and there is nothing on earth that I desire besides you? So regardless of what you're doing, and, and let me tell you something, somebody in your life is going to need that verse because there is going to be somebody that's struggling through anxiety, that's struggling through depression, that's struggling through suicidal thoughts because this is the season for that. And you need to have a word of God for them. Trust me. And, and you see all the uh, chaos again, trying to start back up. It's going to start the... The fear and all the anxiety, and, and man, we need to just keep preaching the Word of God. Keep sharing who God is to keep their minds to look up. You have hope. You need to make sure they, they understand it as well, right? What do you see? Have your eyes, have the eyes of your heart been open? So if we walk by faith and not by sight, I want you to remember that, that quote from Warren Worsby, faith operates quite simply, God speaks and we hear his word, we trust his word and act on it no matter what the circumstances are or what the consequences may be. The circumstances may be impossible and the consequences frightening and unknown, but we obey God's word just the same and believe in him to do what is right and what is best. And then finally, are you trying to return to your old life even though Jesus has told you to get out of the village? Right? Uh, you can't have both feet in, the, in, in this world. You need to have both feet in the church. God said that, that you're to leave it all. You surrender it all when you come to Him. And so we need to do that. The essence of sin is looking at, uh, for God outside of God and His will. The essence of sin is looking for God outside of God and His will. When we're looking at the things of this world, and we're trying to do the things that God has not put on our hearts to do, and we're going outside His will, you're in disobedience. And, and you, need to, you need to return back to your first love. Right. Let's pray. Let's go ahead and close it out here. Uh, Father God, we thank you so much for today. We do pray and just ask, Lord, that you would just uh, continue to be with us this Sunday. And I ask too also for everybody returning to work uh, tomorrow, Lord, that you would be with them this week to help them through the week. And um, uh, especially on Monday after a holiday, uh, after Thanksgiving, it can be quite busy. And so, Lord, we just ask that you keep them safe and, and uh, allow them to be the light at their, at their job. Uh, we also pray for the businesses that are represented in this church as well, that you would bless those. We pray for Marcus in and, and this building, um, and we just pray, Lord, that, uh, that you would just continue to bless this church and bless those that are here. We ask, Lord, for uh, application for us to look up um it's so easy to have our head down especially if you watch the news for any extended period of time it can be depressing and uh, i pray just remember that there is somebody that's going to be that's going to cross your path uh whether it's somebody at heb or walmart or or even at your business or or even in your family that's going to be dealing with anxiety or depression or suicidal thoughts or going to be struggling with fear again and and have a word of God, have something on your heart to be able to pray with them, uh, to be able to comfort them, to be able to listen to them, and and point them up to God um, and to Jesus the Son. Uh, we thank you so much for everything that you're doing, and we just ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, God bless y'all. I hope y'all have a wonderful week. Back to work, and uh, remember, if you need to get a hold of me at calvarydivine.org, God bless Thank you so much. That was Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Divine, Texas. Remember, if you need to get more information on the church, you can do that at calvarydivine.org. God bless.